Hi, I'm Danny Belvin. And I'm Danica Brown. And we are biracial unicorns. And we now return to you to our regularly scheduled program. Yes. <laughs> are this episode already in progress? Yeah, the episode already in progress. Yes, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. the one. <laughs> I really miss announcers in television shows a lot. Um, I don't know. Tune in next time to see. You know, I miss those. I miss those a lot. Johnny Gilbert, man. (laughs) I'm always bringing the Jeopardy references. Always, always. Oh my, why would you do that? I want a tangent so much about guest hosts for Jeopardy. Oh, but we can't. oh yeah, we need to we need to have a whole discussion, girl. Yeah. I'm just holding my breath until the end of July when we get everyone's dream, LeVar Burton as I, guest I, host. I know, but yes, 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 yes. I've got some goodies in between, but for the most part, I think we all know where this is going. Oh, this is actually, maybe this is a better segue than we thought because the masses have asked for LeVar Burton. They, people, as a mass group demanding things, they actually got what they wanted. And that's how we're continuing our our cancel culture. That was like the opposite. Sometimes the collective could be used for good. Yeah, I meant we rarely see it, but I'm thankful for this one. We are continuing our conversation about cancel culture. Uh, Please, if you have not listened to the first part, uh, we we just work a lot of stuff out. Maybe, maybe not. (laughs) But I think it's definitely worth uh, listening to because today we're going to kind of continue our thought process and for a lack of a better word, a workshop through a few examples of canceling and discuss what uh, we're going to be referencing one of our toolkit books, uh, We Will Not Cancel Us um, by Adrienne Marie Brown. If you haven't picked that up, Danny had a great suggestion. I think you can get the ebook from the publisher for like five bones. Yeah, it may have been on sale, but I think it was like... Yeah, $5. So it's really, I think it's definitely worth it. And there's also some really great interviews of her on YouTube talking about the book that I think also just really had some insights as who she is as someone who's in the transformative uh, justice. And so. And it is based off of initially a, a blog post she did. Yeah. But she kind of unpacks the blog post <laughs> in the book. So I think it's worth it to Girl. check out the book. Oh my god, like literally my top of my notes for her book is like my favorite part is that she spends 15 pages. Now it's a small book. It's like a little almost like a pamphlet. It's a smaller book, but she spends 15 pages literally unpacking, reflecting, apologizing, uh, mm-hmm. defining what I will say. Okay, ign- oh, reflecting, acknowledging mistakes, expressing her intentions, stating who she is, establishing boundaries, stating clear definitions, all of this before she even gets into the piece. Yeah. And I'm like love love so <laughs> i'm excited to jo- kind of jump in- into that for sure but uh yeah how how have you recovered from the last episode in council culture it was it was it was a toughie yeah i mean i think i'm still and will continue to process my my thoughts around cancel culture as a, a practice. And I think to reference our, our segue, <laughs> a lot of it is my issue with a mob mentality. Mm-hmm. That's also part of my problem with cancel culture, which I didn't really realize until now when we were just talking about it, because I as a lifelong anti-conformist, right? Like, I think <laughs> I, I really push against getting swept up with the mob, as it were. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you really hold high of personal accountability mm-hmm. and like where, where do you, and cancel culture takes that out. 
completely of, of just literally the, the definition of going with the flow. And it's really hard to judge intention in the masses. Yeah. Because it often gets gets very, very muddled. I, I agree. I'm still processing as well and continuing to work on my definition. I um, We were going back and forth, the weather exists. And I, I think Danny was very much like, it doesn't. And I think we even had heard back from other listeners that they doesn't. I think, I, th- I think... I think it does still exist, but is it effective? Does something have to be effective for it to be real? Because like we have a two-party system that is not very effective, but it's also very real. So it's like, yeah, but I would say that exists. <laughs> like that's an actual I think with something like cancel culture I think maybe it's like this idea of just getting too caught up on this word exist perhaps yeah it's just like it, it cannot function the way it claims to function is what yeah to me makes it feel like it doesn't exist it's not that like people don't buy into it people don't act like it's like doing something people are they're getting swept up into a thing they're saying this is canceled but you have to remember probably a big percentage of these people don't don't like keep with that right like Mm. it's easy to just be like yeah i'm done with this thing to say that but then like what's the follow-through and for me it's one that lack of follow-through of actually canceling a thing and two you you would have to get like the world on your side to effectively (laughs) cancel a thing I would say for me and probably for people who've written in, it's not that we're saying people don't don't do this as a practice, but I don't think it functions as the way it claims to function. It which is why I yeah. say it doesn't exist. And I think even that, like, it's so broad. And I think where I'm struggling with is like, how what do people think its actual existence mm. is for? Right. And I think in, even in the book, which I is so great, she talks about the collapsing of things. They're going to call it the great collapsing. Like we like to generalize and the same reaction we have to someone having a really important tweet as opposed to someone who has had allegations of sexual assault. They get that same energy. They mm-hmm. get that same kind of response and collapsing. And I think what's so hard with cancel culture and being able to define it being able to establish it is just that great collapsing there is too much so i think that's where i'm still struggling with it of just like i believe it's ineffective i do not believe it's long-standing but i do think and maybe it's also the interpersonal versus this mainstream social media impact of cancel culture that i've seen it on that smaller interpersonal scale and the ugliness and the impact of that. And I'm like, well, yeah, shoot. I think that's very real. But when you think about what it's actually in the collective girl, right. That process. (laughs) I'm still working. (laughs) Yeah. I think you're right. There's still, you could get entirely caught up in just Mm -hmm. that as as a whole thing to unpack. (laughs) But I think like for our purposes today, we're going to move forward as it is a thing people are doing, we aren't necessarily, well, we will. We'll talk a little bit about the results people want to get from it. But I think I think a lot of our focus today will be on, like, why people are choosing to cancel or wanting to cancel and what the actual consequences are 
So where do you want to start? Do we want to talk about some recent cancellations? Let's warm up a skosh. I think when I was thinking about like just some examples for me to kind of work through when we always talked about asking those why questions, it really refers a lot to our internet etiquette of asking those like, who is this person? What is this person to me? How do they impact? What is intention? And I thought there were two recent cases that I was just kind of reading about that have been really stretched out for me to think about. And that is the case of Ellen DeGeneres and uh, Gina Carnino. I believe Car- she was Carano. A- I don't Carano. I don't know how to say her last name, but that's how yeah. I've been saying it. Yeah, I think I think you might be right. Uh, Carano of uh, the actress from The Mandalorian. She was uh, fired a little while back. And then the reason why I actually I wasn't going to bring up Ellen today, but she literally today when we're recording it has announced that she is ending her show. It's been on for like 19 years or something like that Mm. um i think next year i think oprah oprah's coming apparently so you know that was all all on the feeds so i thought oh yeah because i think her in the light especially during covid her cancellation or her call for it was pretty intense during the um during the pandemic so i do have to say first that in cancellation, I think it's interesting that we have to look at these intersections as well. I I had to keep asking myself, like, even cancellation, what does it look like for marginalized people, for women of color, for people who, who identify in the LGBTQI plus community, women across the board dot. Like, I was just looking at different examples of how cancellation was handled between white heterosexual males mm. and people who, I, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I yeah. even kind of look at that, so... Can you even cancel a cis white man? <laughs> Girl, and I think that's why we say we d- it doesn't exist because I think we see these examples of cis white men. They're like Teflon, man. It is just no matter what you throw at them, it does not stick. And I think that's why it's, we're just like, it, it can't possibly exist because look, <laughs> obviously not. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's just with BIPOC or... Women, there's this underlying, like, sexist, misogynist, racist, something to, like, stoke a fire somewhere where you're, like, get, get, getting people for different reasons? Like, is that the reason? Girl, I have no... It's like, it's a... It could be a, a combination of any one of those, really. I don't know. When, when I when I look at, at that, when I look, like I said, at Weissman, I'm like, we talk about, like, the, the powers of be of just, like, influence, the power of numbers, mm. the, the power of opportunity. And I think when you have something like that of the majority that holds, holds the power, even if they're just, like, I see the grievance for it, the fear of this also could possibly happen to me creates like a forge and alliance of protection that Mm. cannot be broken through and and i think that's what we're seeing when we talk about political and the conservative realm of cancel culture is i think it's that who's next mentality and i Mm. think it kind of like it like buckles it down it's just like even if they are wrong we got them because we don't want this to happen to us you know so Mm. i think I don't know. To respond to that, do you think BIPOC are just more willing to turn on themselves? 
I, I do think there's a bit of a critical eye amongst BIPOC. I think we have, uh, just for example, I know for, I could speak just as, as a woman, a Black woman of color identifying in that, or it was mixed. There is the, we talked about it before, like the, the well-behaved Negro, the, the good uh. Negro. And I think there's that because of people's actions, that they're making something harder for the community, you need to be not only called out, you need to be removed from that there's like that higher standard as a layer of protection i I think there's there's of course always going to be someone of that of criticism but i think there's a projecting of a way of people so i think that's why you get things of the the term ratchet used very negatively right Right. hood that's hood that's ratchet that's wrong we need to dissect that ghetto Yeah. yeah ghetto you are not behaving by these norms and societies we're not down with that you need to be removed from it and i think there is a a very high amount of criticalness within that and i i do believe it's based upon protection but I do. I honestly, I do probably unpopular opinion, but yeah, it's very, very hypercritical within it because we have to be. Right. That's true. And like you said, there is a lot of kind of historical basis for it as well. Mm-hmm. I've talked in the past about my own struggle of being more critical towards women than men, holding women to a higher standard and letting men slide with things. So I think I think it's a similar thing, like along race, along gender, along different sorts of um, identities, I guess, holding people to different standards. And it's totally not fair. It's not fair. And it's not Mm. something that we should do. No. (laughs) But I think it's something that has to be a conscious choice not to do it. And, Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that we're bringing this up now because I think that will be an important thing to consider as we go through these examples, not to like, I'm not giving Ellen or Gina Carano or JK Rowling a pass by any means, um, but just to like, look at these things with a critical lens, I think. Mm -hmm. And it ties very directly into the book as well. Exactly. I'm so glad you you put that correlation together. And I think that's why I was also very intentional about who I pick. I know that sounds awful. I'm like, I don't want to pick a part of person of color right now. Is that yeah. awful? I just, no. I just, yeah. That's not, I, like, like, <laughs> no, let's, let's <laughs> not. We have, and then I think this is an attitude within the book too, is like, we have enough against us right now. We don't need to be like tearing each other apart. Exactly. And we shouldn't do it to women either. But I think there was, I also wanted to prove a point about the hypocrisy, even within council culture itself, that some of these women of, not all, but some of what they're being accused for, I could probably find equal a male counterpart that has done equal, if not worse. And mm. how is their status and how does that look? So with Ellen as a, as a host, people have been kind of coming out her low key for a while, but it really ramped up in, in the last year or so during COVID when she had to meet at home. And I think because people were at home a lot uh, more of her staff was able to feel the freedom of coming out and saying it was a, a toxic work environment, bully. Um, at the time, there was a huge upper management shakeup where it was all men in the upper management where they felt like they were making it oppressive and uncomfortable, especially for women of color. People had to walk on eggshells. She hired non-union people to come and produce the show at home. It kind of left her workers kind of like, do we have jobs? Like it was, yeah. it was, it was kind of a, it was, wasn't a no go. And I know she took to the interwebs. I don't know intensely, but kind of addressing it, but not addressing it, being very broken up, being mournful. I don't know, apologetic, but of course it, 
it did not stop. It's the wave of, I feel like every few weeks someone else is saying, and this celebrity has said this and someone close to her has said it. And I feel like I just see a wave after wave after wave. And then today I hear that next, next year she will be ending the show saying it has nothing to do with the correlation of what's happened over the pandemic, but saying it's kind of like her time to go and she's the creative and it's not challenging and wants to move on and all the things. And I'm trying over here not to be like, BS. but i don't know it's interesting because she's saying that it's not because of all of these things but all these other people are saying that it is because of the public backlash so i who knows Mm -hmm. regardless of the fact like of of where this cancel this literal cancellation of her TV show where that is coming from the fact that like people could treat it as a win for cancel culture yeah is a thing like something to be aware of right yeah, yeah regardless of what the reason is they're claiming it yeah it, like it feels like consumer power and so mm-hmm. that's all perhaps this is part of cancel culture like all any of us want is to feel like we have a little bit of power in this Mm. fucked up world right so to feel like yeah i was part of this is powerful it is and when we talked about that like that the vengeance feels good it's like tasty yeah you know it's an extra knob of butter in a dish you're just like oh it's just so good but i think with her like i said allegations be true or not what i'm what i'm seeing here is i guess a missed opportunity we talked about what would be the purpose behind it so now we have this woman who was an advocator for kindness this woman who was on the forefront of people being able to be their most authentic self in their sexuality within the business like you want to talk about it this is not her first cancellation like when she came out on her show in the 90s and on oprah back in the 90s she did lose everything for a while she she got her show taken she couldn't get gigs for a while so she really had to rebuild herself up. And I was watching a uh, reporter who is gay. And he talked about regardless of all these things, I still believe that she is a, a, a maverick. Like she broke so many glass ceilings for people within the community. And I'm thinking to myself of within that community, what would have looked like for her to be called to change and to expose toxic traits that might even been mm-hmm. developed over as a protection for herself within this dominated uh, straight world. And getting to this point, and what is rehabilitation and apology so that way we don't have to cancel or lose, in quotation marks, this person from this this platform that they have, but working with that so that way it would just strengthen the bond within the community. I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not understanding what the benefit of this woman losing her show without any kind of a, really addressing any of these issues. How does that help the people that she hurt? Alleged. Like, how does that help anybody? How does that help the people who have had this as their stable job for however many years? I don't, I'm not seeing the, the light of this. I don't know. Mm. Uh, d- just, just to play devil's advocate. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're I'm welcome. Done. You're welcome. Oh, my God. You know, you know, you already know. I know. <laughs> Well, I tend to agree with with what you're saying. I do think that there is something to be said about not allowing people to perpetuate and continue their bad behavior. 
Mm-hmm. I'm like intentionally straying away from words like toxic and abusive because I feel mm-hmm. like the way they're just like thrown oh, around girl, are no longer like useful. <laughs> exactly. They're just like, they're just like it's not it's not useful, mm-hmm. but it's it's shitty behavior yeah. and uh, painful behavior, bullying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think there is something to be said about like not giving those people a platform and allowing them to perpetuate that behavior towards either the same people or different people right I think when you're you're looking at a television personality with the notoriety of an Ellen they can do whatever they want Mm -hmm. and I think there is a lot to be gained by people who want to work in that field by working with that person right like it's a high profile show so being able to work on that show is like a feather in your cap but you're gonna have to deal with a bunch of shit in order Mm. to like work on that show right so i think there is something to be said about like taking that show away Mm. (laughs) taking that platform of power away but i agree that like taking that platform of power away doesn't do anything to repair the damage that has already been done and i think that is something to consider too we can we can like cut off the foot right we can cut off the leg we can like end this right Mm. there but like that doesn't actually fix harms that have already been done. Exactly. And and I think it's kind of like looking at it from parentally and I'm looking at a child that is exhibiting repetitive bad behavior and mm. I'm like, all right, I'm going to take your privileges. I'm going to take your toy away. And if it just stops there, in fact, it might even anger or increase the bad enforce the, the the negative behavior. And so I'm thinking to myself with cancel culture, how can you call that a win of just being like, I have gotten their toy, I've gotten their treasure, I have taken their, their privilege with no hope of wouldn't that be so nice to reintegrate that person? Or wouldn't that be so nice to have some rehabilitation? Wouldn't it be so nice for that person to have it? Now, I don't know. It's like, I... It's so hard, once again, in these very public, famous people of like, who knows, it'd be really great if she went and had like, because I, the thing I don't need is another public apology. I can't. You go, you go and humbly go and actually apologize and offer up reconciliation and recompense to people that you have personally fed, your staff, your crew. I don't need a camera for that. I need to hear it from them that that was like real and that Mm. you're also seeking and hopefully getting counseling and going through therapy and maybe there's mediation like girl nothing would get me off more than that like honestly and I was just like yeah and after time like here's your platform back like (laughs) when like in this dream dream world and that's when like this is where it could possibly work but once again I mean that that takes effort it doesn't give you that satisfying like hit of like ooh, she's done Ooh. Her show's off. Yeah, I agree. But on the other hand, like, how are we as the public supposed to know that they're they're doing those individual? Oh, <laughs> you know, like, know. and that and that's the other thing is like it becomes the airing of a deeply personal thing, but to be reckoned with in the public eye. Ugh. So it's there's no <laughs> there's no good reconciliation. I don't think. It's challenging, but I think there needs to be more of a lens of, like, restorative justice as opposed to just, like, you know, the lashing back, the taking Mm. away the shows, the canceling. Mm. But on the other hand, it's hard with these public figures Mm because it's just, like, 
you already got so much shit. Like, yeah. why why is it all of our responsibility to, like, help you work through this, you know? <laughs> like, how are we keeping you in line? How? How? I, and so we have this this example of Miss Ellen, and now we've got Gina Girl, Miss um, yeah. Ariana from, from the Mandalorian. So the Mandalorian. So she is... Um, her the 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 tweet that finally was the access apparently she has a lot of problematic tweets to begin with about re- uh, comparing being a republican is very similar to being jewish during nazi germany awesome awesome <sighs> love it God. oh like do you ever wonder when people send out these particular ones if they're just like yeah bird like what did you think was going to happen? That's not a freedom of speech issue. People are saying it's freedom of speech. She's allowed to have an opinion. That's a problematic stance, but you just sound like an idiot. <sighs> but I think there was also just a lot of controversy around. Well, there was that. There was controversy mm-hmm. around all of her like COVID is a lie. Oh, I know. Sort of things as well. She's a mocker of pronouns. Like, she doesn't really... Oh, yeah. Yeah. She... I mean, to be fair, like, at first, I felt like it was overblown a little bit until I, like, did a deep dive into it. Yeah. It seemed like a like she was trying to make a joke, and it was just in really bad taste, which... It's still shitty, but it's like also a learning opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. But but instead of treating it as a learning opportunity, she like doubled down on it, yes. which is the problem. Yeah. Like and, and, make oof. make a dumb joke and like be like, oh shit, wait, that is not funny. I am being mm. like closed minded, and you know this is a real issue. I can respect that. And I can like just like be like, okay, cool. We're moving past your stupid shit you put in your Twitter profile. But when you double down on those things, <laughs> I think that's the that's where the real the real issues lie. And and this is that example of exactly what you said, the double downer. She's the I'm not gonna apologize. She's just like, I'm gonna call voting fraud for the last election. Yeah. I think this masking thing's ridiculous. She's just double doubting and the thing is once again you're allowed to have that but especially as a public figure just not having that forefront of what is what am i saying hurtful or helpful like what is the what is the motivation behind what i'm saying and you're right and that's what we're talking about it's kind of like that that learning opportunity we're missing in council culture if she had said and had like her mocking jokingness about pronouns was called out on it and actually use it as like, oh, wow, I'm going to dedicate myself to learning a little bit about this and apologizing to those I have offended and hurt and being able to go along. Like she's a lot like she's allowed to learn and grow. I cannot wait until I have to be haunted by half the things. like. That's that's part of the process. But instead of just being like, no, it went kind of it seemed like it was going that way. And then it did not Like I just pulled up the quote of what she said following oh, that. Girl. Well, girl, say it. Yeah, she said that she talked to Pedro Pascal about it, and he helped me understand why people are putting them um, pronouns in their bios. I didn't know before, but I do now. I won't be putting them in my bio, but good for all of you who choose to. I stand against bullying, especially the most vulnerable, and support freedom to choose. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, cool. That was not like, like at first I'm like, oh, you learned something. And then I'm like, wait, what did you just say? Are you just saying like (laughs) you were bullied? Because that's what it sounds like. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm trying to think with like with my publicist ears of just like, I think to them, it sounds like, oh, I would never want anyone to being bullied, but it goes beyond just like a, a bullying thing. It's, it's yeah. being able people to be identified of how they choose to be identified. And it's like, so you had this meeting and you learned a lot, but you, it's an ongoing lesson. <laughs> Apparently you weren't done with the lesson. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but after she tweeted the, the infamous Nazi tweet, she was, I guess, apparently that had been brewing in the works to fire her for a while, which I'm like, oh, part of me is like, that does not give you brownie points in my book of like, don't say, well, we were gonna, we were gonna fire her. Uh, and this was just kind of the straw that doesn't that doesn't get you anywhere with me. But like, she was fired. She was let go from her agency. Well, and I, I think then there was the response to her being fired. Mm hmm. So I think there's there's like the reaction of people pushing for her to get fired. And then there's the reaction of people who are like, yes, she's fired. It's about time. And then there's people who are like, no, she shouldn't have been fired. I don't agree with her, but this is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But I think something to keep in mind with all of these examples that we're doing are very like pop culture based and very exactly. entertainment based. And I think it is hard to remove that person from whatever franchise or whatever thing they're representing. And I know mm -hmm. it feels like unfair, but that's like. That's part of celebrity culture for one. And for two, I mean, as somebody who has worked in like education and not in the nonprofit sector very heavily, the majority of my contracts have have also said that I'm a representative of my job when I'm oh. not at my job. And I am like, you know, I am no one. I am not not like a person people know, a person people follow. Yes, I'm putting like my thoughts and opinions out here, I guess. But I think I think it's it's not an unusual clause in a contract. Yes. yes, especially like you have to think about it. Who does she work for? Yeah. Like Disney Plus, like underneath the massive umbrella of everything. I'm like, at the end of the day, who is signing your checks? You know, mm -hmm. I don't I don't think your your comments are aligning yourself. And, and I think you bring up a great point of is it fair? But I mean, you can cry about how unfair it is into your enormous pillow of money so <laughs> i don't know go do something else if you can't if you can't and if you won't i think that's what it is like she will not so i thought that was such a very interesting dilemma to where even i think even if people did try to extend a learning opportunity i really doubt she would take it mm. Mm -hmm. and i think there was following her firing there was this interview with some some conservative, Ben Shapiro, maybe, mm. where she was like, I wasn't trying to offend Jews. Like, really? <laughs> That's your reaction to this? <laughs> oh, bless. I like if Yeah. Yeah. It's it's people who are just not not getting they don't get the point. And that's where you have to you have to ask those questions of like what was my then what was your motivation like what were you hoping to achieve with that then yeah. you don't you don't get to say something that that's sweeping and that major because you wanted it to have an impact you wanted it to have that heart of a hit because mm -hmm. then you under you understood the meaning behind it or else you wouldn't have put it you know it's 
you know you're being controversial. Like, sure, there's like cases where people maybe don't know they're being controversial, but I don't think that's the case here. Mm-hmm. I, I when I hear things like this, I really want to sit down. I'm like, what were you hoping to happen? Did you, were you hoping just for like a yeah, I get that, you right, uh huh? Like, is that what you thought was going to happen? Mm-hmm. I, 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 in your heart of hearts, you have to look me in the whites of my eye and tell me you did not think that was inflammatory. Yeah. I mean, so. and she knew she was going to rile people, I think. This goes back to another thing we've talked about at length, but like, who is your audience? What are you trying mm. to do? And this is something yeah. we as normal people think about with social media, All right? So when it's literally tied up in your livelihood, that's probably something you should consider. Yeah. Like, mildly consider <laughs> oh man but i i think we we brought up those other announcements to kind of like warm us up before we dive into the main of the conversation today I, this was actually inspired by some some lovely anger that we received on our instagram pages ages ago i think gosh i can't even it was months ago like maybe the holidays the, the long of a short of it is of, of someone I, I made an art piece about sipping tea and you know fighting supremacy and reading harry potter and someone was very very upset about the reading harry potter talking about how problematic to read another book then mocked us uh, about our sincerity towards social justice blah 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 blah. like when you do these things like danny and i talked about like we're not famous but even any people who put their voice out there you have that risk and so that's not surprising yeah but it did as of anything and i and it's a practice i've been trying to hold to my heart when i hear something even something that grates up against me or is meant to hurt me or my initial reaction is to be offended or hurt i have to look at it in its whole concept and jk rowling and the series of harry potter is something i had not been in the mind space to digest in light Mm. of of what's going on with miss 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 rowling um and her (laughs) who she is the statement she has made of and her her transphobia um I've just not been in that headspace to process that. And I think we thought this might be a really good opportunity to to do that because anyone who's listened to the show for two minutes will understand that that's something that the Harry Potter series is something that's kind of near and dear to us. So I think it's good not to just talk about and workshop through some of these cancellations of people who are, I don't want to say inconsequential. Like I'm not, <laughs> that sounds messed up. Like I'm not, a, like I am not a huge mess of elephant. I respect her for what she is. Um, I, I respect, you know, as, as a, as a woman who meets outside the norms of, of, of beauty and industry and toughness, like all those things. I'm like, yeah, cool. But I think this particular one is very personal. And so, yeah. How are you with it, Danny? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are complex feelings for sure. Like like you said, we we are huge Harry Potter fans. And, you know, as with I'm sure many of our listeners, I read the first Harry Potter book when I was like fourteen or something. I was late to the Harry Potter game. And by late I mean I guess it wasn't that late. <laughs> but not I wasn't an early adopter of Harry Potter. <laughs> it was already pretty pretty big and pretty famous by the time I, I started reading it. But, you know, that's that's a long time to to be with with a with a thing, with a fandom. And I I think this is a, applicable to 
many other sorts of fandoms or things. And, and we've talked about this in the past, like judging things based off of when it's from or who made it. And it's a complex way of looking at entertainment. And I think for many, the Harry Potter story was was even more romanticized by by the story of J.K. Rowling and and how she you know was a single mom and she wrote Harry Potter on a train and and all these things and you know like very rags to riches story that the capitalists love to throw at us like it's going to mean anything <laughs> for us because it can happen to you if you just work hard enough any moment. I do not condone the things that she said. She is definitely a turf, trans-exclusionary, radical feminist. But I think for me, I am not in a place where I am going to cancel Harry Potter from my life. And I think I, I've seen like the arguments on both sides, and maybe we could get into that a little bit. But I think for me... There is so much in that story. <laughs> like, there's so much in the story that it just feels like it, it, it can exist beyond her. Mm-hmm. I own the books. I own the movies. Like, I've already given her my money. Like, yeah, I think that's that's my first reaction to it. Mm, I think listening to someone who was very gender critical feminists, I, you, I can't, I can't jive. Like, I, she. Uh, had since gosh the uh, like 2014 it might have been later she it's also just been hinted and kind of snowballing yeah. up to her first just following and liking things of uh, of extremists kind of liking it and skirting around the issue and just uh, the temperature has been turned up and up and up and up until finally kind of a very clear point in direction of in 2020 when she released an essay basically talking about her her views and talking about it was very contradictory of yes mm. supporting and loving and respecting uh people who who are trans uh saying that living their life but at the same time like women are women and men and men like not not letting go of that ideology and then once you get into like I know and love trans people. It's like it's like the touting out like your mm. one black friend, right? Like it's exactly. not that is not an excuse for the things that you're saying. Like knowing a trans person doesn't allow you to say whatever you want about trans mm -hmm. people. Exactly. And even she was like reading books and researching because you're interested. I'm like, I, your interest is so null and void into this. People from the community are telling you yeah. that's the voice that you listen yeah. to. And th that's what's really hard. I'm like, I'm sorry that your now place of privilege and money can now allow you to have an audience with whoever you want to. Yeah. Uh, but at the same, you have a community that is crying out and telling you about the personal hurt. And especially because of your platform, you want to talk about influence, you know, about the influence and the danger that you are causing and saying, especially from trans women who are saying, like, as a voice, as someone who is supposed to be a feminist, you're actually hurting the cause. And, and you know, there, there's been a lot of pleas. Like, I think, of course, there's been a lot of anger. But with her, there's just been a lot of general, like, like please to her of like you have to listen you have to see the danger of this you have to see the problem with this like woman to woman you have to hear what you are saying but I think she is just kind of just buckled down like you said like the doubling down of I'm actually doing this because I really care about women who and by that I mean those who menstruate and like not diminishing our rights and I was a sexual assault survivor 
and uh, and, and I, there's their sphere, and I'm here to protect women, uh, bringing up issues of uh, the bathroom and people who can use bathrooms. It, it was just this long thing of trying to say ultimately it was for the protection of women and her feminism and trying to be an advocate for that and having empathy and sympathy for her and that they're the, actually the ones who are being oppressed by the trans movement and, and even trans extremists. And it's just... It was a girl. It was a mess for someone who's a writer. (laughs) I was just like, it was just a hot mess of like, did you actually read this out loud? And could you not see the damage that you're doing? These mental jumping jacks, right? Like these jumps that she does to like justify her views are a little, they're hard to follow. And this feels unfair because I feel like I've tried to understand where she's coming from. But I'm like, why am I trying so hard to understand where you're coming from when you're like refusing to look at your point of view from any other point of view, like this conclusion you came to? And it could be a generational thing, but I just I like struggle so much with like the this like turf ideology of women are people who biologically menstruate because one like. Even if you're talking like biological sex, that's a whole complicated package to unravel. Exactly. No, there are not just two biological sexes. Mm. (laughs) Like, you know, and there's plenty of of research people can can jump down some rabbit holes there if you would like. I'm just it's so it's so frustrating when it's somebody with such a big voice, with such a big following. Mm. And not somebody who I can engage with to have a conversation with, not to mention the fact that there are people who are better equipped to talk about these things than I am, who also yeah. can't engage with her to have a conversation. And I think this is this is what it comes down to with like cancel culture and these people with huge platforms. There is no way to engage in a dialogue unless they choose to. Exactly. And so it leaves us in the lurch and it fills us with hopelessness and it gives us like, well, what power do we have? And I think that's the thing of grasping for whatever power. So if we say for a cancellation, like, don't say her name, you know, don't. She who must not be named. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm doing that. And I'm just like, I understand what you're trying to do. But in doing that, I, I feel it's undoing any kind of power you're trying to grab for. And it does, it feels very, I think for a lot of people, it does feel very personal. And I think when you're talking about and trying to understand where she's coming from, like, I feel like that was like a stage of grief because I I did the same because I was aware that she had very abusive interactions with men. And I can believe that that would cause her to be very fearful of, of all men. But then it's like, but, but, but. They're women. But trans women are <laughs> women not are men. men. Trans women aren't men. Exactly. And it's just like, but hearing her once and once again, not being able to get over that and coming from this place of like, is this actually coming from a place of just like severe trauma and like being concerned? And I'm like, but how am I sitting here being worried and concerned for her when I have like trans brothers and sisters out there who are feeling very excluded or being very fearful of people who are backing her now, who are following her that have that influence and say that that's a... It's brutal. It's brutal to watch and it's brutal to see and just kind of working through what that cancel culture is. And it 
we talk about boundaries and I think that's where it kind of comes into. And we talked about this slightly in the first episode you talked about with um, Chick-fil-A. Like you're like, you you don't need it. You're not going to go out there and pick at it. But there was a line for you of just been like, I don't need this chicken. I, I don't need this. I don't need this. Yeah. I don't need the waffle fries. Right. Like that was for you. And that was the boundaries for you. And I think for her, it's just it's one of those things to where I completely believe that these stories do exist outside of her realm. Like, it's so great to actually see what the LGBT community has done with this. Like, I love the subsex. I love that people have claimed it. I love a lot of people have taken it and actually made it a safe haven for trans people, for gay people, for BIPOC people. I love it. And it's, it's taking that ownership of what so often marginalized groups do. They take something that was supposed to be exclusive, take something that was supposed to be hurtful, and they transform it into a place of empowerment and inclusion. Uh, And I, and I've seen it of course it you know it's been around for a long time but i've seen just even a more push and more front of just saying you cannot take these away from us Mm. and i and i find that there's so much more power in that in recognizing and calling her out and for those like i said with influence like i know that actors have come a lot of them have come out and have kind of been like no we we don't jive and it's to them i would almost been like you're the ones who are going to get to her before we ever will (laughs) yeah so it's like putting in that that power emphasis of like please people who are in that upper echelon get to her but for us like I think what gives us real power is taking care of ourselves admit healing to those who've who've been hurt and wronged and educating those and trying to help people who are un uh unlearn her following who might believe what she is dulling out you yeah. know and that's the unfortunate thing is she has this platform and she can reach people regardless right mm-hmm. You know, you think about like a young person now who's like coming up reading Harry Potter and might be in a formidable place in their life and be able to be influenced by her opinions. So I understand. I understand that fear. And that is like part of the the backing of the cancel culture. I also think it's interesting to go back to this idea of like dialogue and conversation because not once has she presented these views as open to conversation. Mm. as like being willing to have a conversation about these things she has like drawn this firm line it feels like about Mm. her views on gender and sex and and then (laughs) went and signed this open letter in harper's magazine last summer like i don't know 150 people i think they're like writers and activists and Mm -hmm. academics um that was about denouncing the restriction of debate pretty much being anti-cancel culture saying like no cancel culture shouldn't happen because there should be the freedom to have contradictory views to like the masses and to have conversation around these things but it's like You are not opening Mm. up a can of conversation. You are firmly stating that you believe this, this, and this. And not not even that you believe this, this, and this, that this, this, and this are true. Yes, girl, yes. It's not, this is where, this is where I'm at in my research. This is where I'm at in my journey. It is this definitive, it is, she literally just did like a British woman of it is what it is. (laughs) I just, girl, the audacity. Yeah. So is J.K. Rowling canceled? Maybe. <laughs> I, yeah, I hope you weren't coming here for a definitive answer. 
because you're not gonna get one because the, the thing is like what does that mean by that i'm like i do i do i support her if she has anything new coming out prob not i'm not gonna get it it's someone i would would follow i don't follow her i mean outside of like this news always kind of just being in the forefront do I, will I always have this mindset of when talking about Harry Potter, do I have it in the back of my mind? Unfortunately, yes. I. It's really hard right now to separate her right now from the works. I know that's just because to me, it's still like, you know, that, that process, but I'm working towards making sure like she does not claim on something that can actually be really helpful and powerful to so many who was so formative to them. So I think for me, I, I've, I've had to kind of like step away, not because I still don't enjoy them. I really wanted to finish working through and setting up those boundaries of like, if she, if her continuing to say and impact the lives of trans men and women it, you can't go towards a place where it can actually be hurtful and harmful towards them because that because that's a line like you you can't you can't do that you can't wield your power you become the very thing that you wrote against you know which is very very odd of wielding that power to do harm and exclusion to those so i don't i feel like i'm still very much setting up boundaries for for mm. that for this particular situation so yeah i don't is she canceled no am i am i gonna keep saying her name probably um like you said am i gonna return the books am i gonna burn the dvds no i'm not i'm going to be mindful and continue to realize that some people are going to be very hurt by this and offer support where i can and make it easier for people to who are who are immediately effective for them to have a space and a voice to speak out on this because like what i think we've what like i am not in any kind of expert a way to speak on any of this mm. so i think so much about harry potter has like grown beyond her mm -hmm. which i mentioned before and i think there's so much that like Harry Potter fans as a community have put back into those stories and made exactly. those stories. Because I think if you were to really critically look at Harry Potter, it's still a very white, very cis, very oh. het oh, yeah. story. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot that could be done to make it more inclusive. And I think like so many of us have kind of put these like filters on it to make it feel more inclusive. Like I've said, we're huge Harry Potter fans. Is it the best book ever written? No. Like, no. no. And I enjoy them and I read them and I reread them and I rewatch the movies and I will continue to do so. But for me, it's removed from her. Mm. But I could understand a world where that's not possible for some people to remove. Yeah her from from the books from the world personally and and i don't know if this says that she's canceled to me but like even if she tweets a, an apology now i don't yeah. know what it's going to do for me she has so many resources available to her oh yeah and even though she has written books about the dangers of choosing the wrong side of history like oh, i feel like she's choosing the wrong side of history oh, right now oh i know it, it's like I said, it, it this in itself feels like it's it's very fictional that this writer, this advocate of, you know, like I said, like mm -hmm. making sure that we are what are we saying about choosing and excluding people like it's just it's 
it's dark comedy at its best of just the the irony over here of this this woman in the path that she has chosen and that's the thing it is a conscious choice that she's doing because she's intelligent because she has world traveled now because she has people in her circle because of people have not been quiet about their pleas and calling out to her it's 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 a very conscious choice that she is making and she has to live with that choice and i would rather like i said i don't know if she's canceled either but i am choosing to administer aid and put my attention towards people who actually are feeling the sting and the hurt right now because i think that's the most immediate thing um i guess i'm i'm just i'm i'm done focusing and trying to change her mind at this moment in time Mm. there may be a time where i feel like there might need to be a more vocal stronger force of showing of been like okay because she could be very dangerous <laughs> like i have like this very teetering of thinking of just like right now she is like it's essays it's it's a tweet it's this but it's just like this one held office or like you know pressing for certain bills and legislators within the for uh for in the uk to be passed for suppression for those who are for our trans it's just like i would feel this obligation of feeling like we have to be called to, to action for protection and support for for the trans community but i just i think right now just i want to help those who are hurting who those who are confused who those who are betrayed like that those are the people i want to focus on yeah and i think you know we we talked a little bit about this idea of harry potter the books with no author which I I am not a fan of, but on the other hand, MuggleNet, which is a huge Harry Potter website, Mm. removed all references to her. And I I think that's fine. But I think like for me saying Harry Potter, the book with no author feels like so performative and icky that like, Mm. I I don't know. It just feels like, who are you trying to impress by saying that? And maybe Mm -hmm. I'm being a little bit too judgmental here. Which would be the first time ever that has happened. Yeah, that's not um, on brand at all. <laughs> no. I will continue to say Harry Potter is big enough to exist, even though it came from her. It's big enough to continue to exist without mm. her. I don't need to follow her. I don't need to amplify her voice or give her more of a platform. I am not at a point where I... I'm ready or willing to let go of Harry Potter, but I am definitely more in support of uh, my trans sisters, brothers, and my Mm non-binary siblings than than J.K. Rowling. Like, fuck her. Is my, should, is my should we have just had said that, that like 40 minutes ago and just been like and now we're done that was it that was it that's all all yeah and so maybe and so maybe that that is cancel culture yeah. right there maybe it is maybe it isn't i'm still unclear no. <laughs> I, well, I think but. at this point people just want her head on a spike and i'm just like that let's be real it's not it's not gonna happen like it, it's it's just not what are you going to do have her books pulled from the shelf like what what do you like i said what is the aim and goal for people like people have already tried burning those books friends girl girl <laughs> girl please like i just yeah good good luck with all of that so let's not i'm, I'm tired of my of like energy being put put towards her for someone who won't won't evolve and change yeah it's also a bit of <sighs> this idea of Ignorance versus evil, mm. I think, is part of part of cancel culture. Not that I am evil, mm. but 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 there is the fact that she she has the resources available to her to not be ignorant. Exactly. 
but she has decided to double down on these values and it's it's unfortunate it is well i think a lot of people within cancel culture you're like let's separate her from this opinion from this from this instead of like people like i don't want to have hate towards her and i think that's important to say of like not hate towards her in the situation but it's really hard when she has taken her personal experiences and it fused it into these statements so I think in the beginning, I think people were treating them very separate and making sure they don't have personal hate or animosity towards her, which is cancel culture, right? They'll take the mistake, as you saying, they're taking this instance and deeming not only that, but the person evil. And then anyone who's ever come in contact with that person who's also evil and needs to be removed and punished, right? But it's a hard when someone, she has made it that personal when she has made it kind of like part of who she is a little bit of her stance that one I think that's what also makes it really hard to kind of separate it and girl if we if we mm-hmm. are gonna start not that I want a tangent too much if we're gonna start with with JK we have a lot of authors and a lot of books that we're gonna have to take off the name if we're gonna start, all, the yeah, classics. all the classics all the classics are gone so it's like that's another thing I'm like with cancel cultures where where does it end and I think that's another like one of the things that I, like gets under my skin it's like to what end so we so what you, you want to cancel her what you take her books away or you take her name off of it she doesn't get money from it cool who's next because hunty let me just tell you that is not the worst thing a notary like an author of of substance that's not the worst crime anyone has ever achieved then we have to get to artists who have been guarded public figures activists like where do right. we start and it's 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 real real funny it's where 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 do we start and then we have the same people who want to talk about well we have to preserve history right when the same people talking like it's it's these just positions of we have to preserve history no matter how awful take off her name off the book it's it's there's these take down these statues but no but she's okay we we can still read these books there i keep getting all these crisscrossed views and it's like to what end and where do we stop i don't know yeah there is power that she wields but I think there's a lot there's a lot of other battles that we can show up for in support of trans people that probably have more of a lasting impact than our battle against JK mm. Rowling. That being said, once again, with everything with this cancel culture, I think it's important to find that boundary for yourself of where that needs to be. And I also think it's important to recognize, at least with JK Rowling, like It's not up to you and Mm. I to, like, we don't have the power to forgive her for what she has Mm. done. And I don't, I don't need that power. Like, it is not up to me. The harms that she has done, she has a lot of work and a lot to do to make amends with the people that she has harmed. And I, I hope that her journey takes her that way. I, like, I don't, I don't think it's... It's going to happen, but I would love for her to prove me wrong. Do we want to just give like a the briefest glimpse of some happy places? We probably should. mine 
this week. I struggled this week. I'm not going to lie. I'm very transparent. I Normally, I'm like, I can find happiness in a dewdrop, but I really struggled this week. But I will say something that has sneakily brought me a lot of joy is our garden. We have a vegetable and some fruit in our garden. And I just like, there's something about coming out there and weeding or watering and seeing like the change from day to day um, or even like the loss of like something that didn't quite make it through the night and just yeah Yeah. like the ups and downs of it is really it's nice it kind of takes me out of like the moment and just focusing on something that's new and life-giving and it's it's really lovely and my daughter really enjoys it my husband really likes it and it's fun it's especially we're new in our house and so these they used to be guard or vegetable beds and so no matter how much you teal or um you toil the soil. Uh, you don't know what you're going to quite get yet because you don't know what's yeah. like residuals. Volunteers, they call them in the in the farming and gardening world. <laughs> Is that what they yeah. say? <laughs> you didn't plan it. It just <laughs> popped up. I love it. I absolutely love it. We've been finding many random volunteers in our, in our garden. So yeah, that's been bringing me a lot, a lot of joy. So what about you, Boo? Cool. I'm going to also take it outside. I don't talk a lot about about it on the show, I don't think, but I've I've been a a backyard chicken mama for you know, a decade more. Gosh, a long time. Yeah, more over a decade with a brief break when I lived in Hawaii in an apartment. But yeah, uh, so we have a bunch of chickens and we have some old older chickens <laughs> and you know, there's different ways of of handling that, but but right now we just kind of have a lot of our older chickens. What my happy place is this week is my two oldest chickens. Their names are Shoyu and Tofu. They, they, I just love their, their sisterhood. They were not like friends necessarily for most of their <laughs> lives, but now that they're like the only two remaining oldest of the chickens, they're like so sweet together. And every night, so Shoyu is is an Arakana. This is only for the chicken people out there. She's an Arakana. <laughs> uh, so she's smaller. She's a smaller chicken, has like, you know, poof on her face. And then Tofu is a Brahma. And so she's a big, she's a big chicken with hairy Mm. or furry, feathery legs. And so Shoyu at night curls right up to her and like forces herself underneath Tofu's wing so that they cuddle. And it's just really cute. So that's, that's my happy place. It's unexpected sisterhood developing over years with my chickens. Love it. Love it. Love it. A chicken's tail. I'm, I'm here for it. I've bought tickets. I'm first in line. I'm here for it. All right, friends, we want to hear all of your happy places. We also want to hear all your thoughts about cancel culture. We didn't come to any definitive end, I don't think. So we are definitely open to engaging in dialogue with you and your thoughts. You can reach us via email, biracialunicorns at gmail.com. You can also send us messages via the social medias, Instagram and Facebook at biracialunicorns, Twitter at biracialmagic. But also, you're welcome to disagree with us always. But think about what what you're hoping to get out of it with your phrasing. Like, mm. just with anything. Like, attacking isn't a way to engage in dialogue. Just, mm. just food for thought there. I like that little tiny public service announcement of just, like, disagreements are totally accepted. But, like, outrage, disrespect, or uncare is is not tolerated. Yeah. So, no, 
Plain and simple. Uh, we want to give a huge shout out to Dolly Pop Art, who's made our very iconic unicorn photo. Please go to her Instagram, follow her. Her stuff is legit. We want to say a huge thank you to Sosmith Photography, who's done some lovely photos for us. We also want to give a huge shout out to Joseph Scott, who's done our lovely intro and outro music. If you want to help out a unicorn, which we would greatly appreciate it, please rate us and write us a review. That helps us just to kind of continue to get these resources that we, we put together for people to use and the way for people to use it if it's in their hands the way we get into people's hands or ears ears is that is that we get pushed upon the magical world of algorithms and that is definitely helped by uh, just a review and and we also like to hear your feedback as well so if you want to financially support us you know we do everything ourselves you can buy us a cup of coffee there's something as simple as that nothing crazy you're not you're not indebted or indentured to us for forever so you know nothing like that but yeah we would love to hear from y'all yes all right y'all we'll be back next week with a mini-sode and in two weeks with another full episode mm-hmm. all right peace out